Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod. We've got another fan favourite here. Chris, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm a little rusty, man, but I'm really happy to be back. You know, get, get back in the swing of things. Yeah, it's good that we got the World Cup after the after the grand final. We are worried a bit of uh, footy drought would happen, but we've obviously got the World Cup and consistently uh, post getting put up in the group channel, so it's all happening. But I had you on today, mate, because I've got some burning questions, some are we sure questions for each team, and I thought you'd be a great person to bounce it off. Some are ridiculous. I'm going to put it out there right now, so you might just laugh as soon as you hear it, but some I actually do believe. So let's get right into it, Chris, early on. Let's start with probably what I think is, to me, the most interesting one. Let's go to the Melbourne Storm. Okay. Are we sure the Melbourne, Sto- the Melbourne Storm should not offload Ryan Pappenhausen to play Munster at fullback and use their remaining cap position to sign a good 5-8? <laughs> but I would still take Pappenhausen with one good knee. Let's, let's okay. keep Pappenhausen at the back. What, 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 where did this come from? Where did this all come from? So... It started from, obviously, the injury concerns for Pappenhausen, which, you know, a lot of players do have. But we saw when Munster went into the one jersey, I thought we saw a different level to Munster. And I've still got that that sticking feeling about those Adam Dewey to the Storm rumours. And I'm just wondering mm. if Pappenhausen's going to cost you, let's say, 900 to a mil on the cap, and Dewey's going to cost you 600 to 700, and then you can use extra. I'm, I'm just playing around with the cap because, like I said, Munster in the line defending... I think when he was outside the line at fullback, that, that bit of a breather, and then when he was able to touch the ball on both sides of the park, just intrigued me. So, look, I know it's a crazy one. I love mm. Pappenhausen as much as you do, but Munster at fullback is a, was a revelation, and I just it wouldn't surprise me if you start hearing little chirps about it all season about how Munster wants to play in the one jersey. Mm, mm, yeah, he, he did. Ex- like, his running game, more so than his passing game, when he throws you know, that fat dummy, and then the line literally just parts, like, you know, the Red Sea. That That is a beautiful sight every single time we saw it this season. Yeah, look, it's, it's one for me. I'm going to keep my eye on it. Hopefully, Pappenhausen's back to full fitness and we see him flying like he did in 2020, uh, 2021, but we will see that one. But let's go to the Tigers, because this is probably my second most interesting team heading into the 2023 season. Chris, are we sure that the Tigers can't be the 2023 Cowboys? Is this the team oh. that everyone is penciling in for the wooden spoon or around there? And next thing we look at, they're in a prelim final. Is this the team? Let me lay it out for you. Getting off some of their bad contracts again this year, signing Api Corusau, Isaiah Papali'i, another year of Dane Laurie. Is this the team with good coaching and good veterans coming in? Can they make the jump? Uh I just can't see it. Like, I understand Cowboys were pretty bad the previous season, but the roster was there. I think the difference here, Cowboys, I mean, the Tigers just don't have that roster. They don't have that Val Holmes, that Scott Drinkwater. I'm sure they have, you know, Dane Lowe, you know, with, you know, playing his heart out. Dewey, we both know it's a fan favorite, but just, just the rest of the team, I just can't see, particularly that coach situation, I just can't see this happening at all, Matt. For me, the reason why I came to mind, we all laughed at the Chad Townsend deal, 700000 for Chad Townsend, you've already got Dearden and Drinkwater, what are you doing? For me, looking at the Tigers the last couple of years, that genuine number nine was lacking. And we kind of said the same things when Coruscant, he's 31, three-year deal, big money. I guess I feel like Coruscant and Papali'i can just single-handedly drag them. So 
they're going to be a smoky, obviously we'll see what happens in the off season, but they're a smoky top eight contender for me straight away because I just think that okay. the foundation is there and yeah, definitely one to watch for me. But we'll move on to the next team. We'll move on to the Knights. Chris, are we sure that it's time for the Knights to go full Panthers rebuild with their junior system and their backyard of talent in the backyard? Is this time just to blow it up, bring blood in all the young guys like those Panthers did, be bad for a couple of years, intentionally bad, but then reap the benefits in about three to four years? Look, honestly, even as a Manly fan, I want the same thing. But the key difference is that sort of developmental system. And if they can establish themselves like the Panthers, look, the Knights... They can be exciting on their day. They really can be exciting. It's just I just know what it is. It's that they rely on bringing these sort of players. You know, you know, a team of champions. You know, it's that sort of concept that's there just isn't going to work out. They really need to build up that that foundation. And and if that if I can see that they have that sort of you know system going, I'm more I'm more for it. Really, I'm more for it. I think for me it was the gag guy, David Klimmer, Tyson mm. Frizzell. Like, are those guys in those stages of their career, they don't want to be around for another rebuild. They don't want to be, you know, we saw Clemmer having clashes, gay guy looking totally different when he was in origin. To me, it's just one of those ones where you've got that feeder system in Newcastle that's produced so many greats. Is it just time to really get down to the nuts and bolts and go, okay. And it's hard because you've got Ponga there, so you can't really tear it to the ground because you've got Braley in the nine jersey. Mm. Some good young players, but... I just feel like they're going to, they're going to hit a tipping point soon where you've got to see what's in your in your little farm system there of who you can bring up. And if you don't exactly. have that, maybe you've got to recruit differently. Instead of getting the 30-year-old you know, player who's past his prime, do you just grab a bunch of 22, 23-year-old guys that can't get regular first grade at their current teams and just blood them all at the same time? I'm just For me, Newcastle's in a tricky situation where you've got Ponga inked up to a long-term deal. You've got guys like Bradman Best there, the Saifidi brothers. There's talent there, but then there's some bloated talent that needs to go. Some guys who shouldn't be playing first grade. To me, it's Newcastle should never be bad for extended periods of time because of where they are. But I just think it's potentially time to go that Panthers route, but we will see. Let's move on to the Sharks. Chris, are we sure Nico Hines can't win back-to-back Delian winners, uh, medals with this Sharks team, how they're comprised right now? Sorry, I missed the other part. Are we sure that Nico Hines can't win back-to-back Dahlia medals with his current Sharks team, how it's constructed? Nico Hines. I'm pretty sure you and I, we've kept a good eye on how he's played, even in the Storm system. The move to the Sharks, you saw, he had a team that he could direct around, play to his style... I honestly reckon he could be one of those plays, you know, where JT won, you know, two in a row, Daly M's. The, I just don't know how he can remain so calm in all types of games, regardless of where he is. He can carry a, a team through just as good as Cleary. So I'm happy with, you know, going for it. Nico Hines in that Sharks team, very exciting stuff, Matt. Very exciting. For me, it comes from, like you said, he is the primary, the focused playmaker. There's no one else who's going to steal Daly M votes. If you look at other, you know, teams that are up there in the ladder who's going to have a top four season, there's multiple players that could steal Daly M points from each other. Whereas for Sharks, it's really Nico. Like Matt Moylan, uh, Will Kennedy is not going to be stealing points from him. So I think the Sharks, they're constructed well, good four-pack, good outside backs, and obviously 
They've got Nico there. I think he's going to give it a real tilt to go back to back. But we'll move on to the Raiders here, Chris. This is an interesting one. I was thinking of a storyline heading into 23. The only one I can think of here, and I think it's a pretty interesting one to think about. Are we sure that the Raiders' 2023 subtractions in Josh Hodson and Charles Nickel Kugstad will be just as important as any new signings to the club? And I frame it like this. You've got two young guys there in Savage and Starling who were traditionally behind these two greats, club greats. Hodson always lurking around when he was fit, CNK, you know, trying to blood him in, bring him back, get some minutes in his legs after his injuries. Now that they're out the door and it's literally the Savage and Starling show there as the two young players in that spine, are we ready to see those two players leap to the next level? Leap to the next level. Well, we'll take it one by one. Savage, yeah, we know how exciting he can be. Him and open flight, I reckon even more exciting than Jason Saab. Just the way that mm. he just flies through. Really, it's just an amazing sight. And like the the work rate on that guy is insane. Like Charles Luka Klukstad, you know, great work rate. But, you know, he just hasn't reached the heights as he did during that sort of first, you know, season with the Raiders. But, you know, maybe a change of scene could change that up. Uh, with Tom Starling now, there's also Wolfred there. Um, I can't see Sticky changing that up. I think for him, I don't know why, he just keeps seeing Starling as that sort of bench impact player. So who knows? I, I don't think much is going to change with Starling, but I think Savage having a whole full preseason under his belt, you know, and not having that sort of thought in the back of the head, hey, I could lose my spot. You know, we could see a whole new Savage for next season. I think Raiders heading into 23 will be one of those teams that, we're very hard to pinpoint where to put him on a preseason ladder, but definitely wants to look forward to. Let's go to probably the easiest one here, Chris, the Panthers. I've We're going to split this into a second podcast, but are we sure that the Panthers are not the best NRL era side in history now? So from 98 onwards. I want to deep dive this into, into a podcast later on, but what they're kind of building here from really 2019 to now and winning all four comps this year and the extended brilliance that's going to come out of this, Quickly, just give me an answer, but I do want to get you on the, the next podcast because this is going to be one where I really want to do a bit of research and deep dive because this is a very fascinating uh, topic for me, at least. So you're saying, do you reckon this is the greatest Pandas team in the modern era? Is that what you're asking me? I'm saying since 98, is this the best team The best ever? team. Since 98. <sighs> That's, it That's hurts to one. say it. It really hurts to say it, man. But I, I'm gonna have to say yes. Mm. Like uh, I just, I just don't know how. What what team in the NRL has come close to what we've seen in the last couple of years? What team? Like punters, you know, non NRL fans. I've heard the name. Oh, Panthers. They're just so good this year. They've gone undefeated. They've broken this record, record after record. And then you think, okay, you know, salary cap will get them in the butt. And somehow they have this amazing system where they're bringing, you know, I, you know, uh, Taylor May, you know, Tungo in. It's just, I don't know how they became so successful. But if if you're asking me as a non, you know, as a neutral person right now, yes, I I can't even say anything else other than this team has been amazing. Yeah, there's definitely teams. There's been good three, four-year stretches. Again, we're going to go through it. Right now, I'll, I say yes, maybe that's prison at the moment. We'll do some more research on that. And like I said, I do want to do a pot on that, but definitely want to just want to throw in there because going at 23, they're going to be the favorites. It's just about by how many. But let's move on to the Titans. Chris, are we sure that AJ Brimson and Jaden Campbell can play on the same team together? 
We spoke about this before the start of last season, how would the one and the six combination work? Are they not the same player with the same defensive deficiencies and the same improv attack ability? Are those guys just not suited to play on the same team? In my opinion, nah. One has to go. And if I had to pick, I reckon AJ needs to go. Jaden has been... Yeah, I can't... I can't but, uh, I, there needs to be someone in that six, like a Kieran Foran to a Tommy Turbo that can really do it. Shorts work for, let's say, a Munster and a Pappenhausen, but look, Pappen, look, the style of Cameron Munster to, let's say, the AJ Brimson is completely different. Mm. I'm still happy with Jane Campbell at the back and putting someone with a more, like, you know, oh, oh, like I said, I've completely forgot Foran's going up there. Foran is going up to play that number that's six. I, mean. and I think that's going to that's gonna change it, really. It really is. You got six and then Foran in the halves. They're going to play yep. those two guys. You know, if this was the NBA, you'd be having the AJ Brimson to Newcastle trade fired up. That's what I would be. But I think that's a po- that's a topic for another time. Let's go to the Dragons, Chris. Are we sure that Shane Flanagan is not coaching this team by around 10, 2023? I sent another post to the group chat today. Dragons signing Zane Musgrove. Hook is cooked with the fours that he <laughs> brings into this club. Surely he if he if they are, let's say by round nine, if they're three and six, two and seven by that point. Surely he's gone. And Flanagan, who's been, it's the, really the rumor has been going around the mill for the last couple of years. We see a coaching change finally at the, at the Dragons there. Well, I do have to say, I have been reading a couple of rumors as well that Shano may be signing on as an assistant to potentially Seabold and Manly. Mm. I'm not sure if you caught up on that one either, but let's just focus on the topic at hand here. Flanagan in the Dragons just it just seems to work. It really does. And looking around, you know, the the coaches that are potentially available, because you know, as a Manly fan, I'm looking at, you know, who could potentially replace him. Same sort of concept. Look, Hook is the same situation as Hasler. We're in a, we're in a, an era where, you know, attacking is different, defense is different, things need to change. So that includes the coach. So Hook needs to be out that door sooner or later. Yeah, for me, it's it's the coach on the, the hottest seat to start the season. But we'll move on to the Cowboys. Chris, are we sure that the North Queensland Cowboys should not be the favourite to go back to the grand final to verse the Panthers next year? This team came out of nowhere this year, made the prelim final, lost to Parramatta, really in a game that, as a Parramatta fan, I'll admit right now, we should not have won that game. How do they not get better? You've got another year of Tom Deaton, another year of the halves combining. you got... Valentine Holmes in his rich vein of form. Lola, who doesn't look like he's dropping off a cliff. Reese Robson going up a level this year. There's nowhere on the roster uh, where you can say they're going to go down. Todd Payton getting stronger and stronger every year. Why is this not one of the top favorites in the comp for next year? I don't see any issues. In fact, like you said, they're going to get better. You know, Rookie of the Year, Nanai is going to go up even better as well. They figure, I think, honestly, um, they figured out how to use. Tamalolo towards that, you know, middle section of the year, which has really helped them. Uh, I'll be honest, I can't remember how Cowboys did at the very beginning of this year, but if, let's say, they did, didn't do too well, imagine a whole preseason where, all right, we've established, you know, the, the spine. Dearden knows the system now. Everyone knows how to play with each other. It wasn't like, let's figure out as the season goes on. It's a full preseason of everyone knows what they're going to do. No roster changes. They're going to get better. And I think if they were up against Panthers, they would have put up a really good, you know, fight. Yeah, it would have been a great game. I can't wait to see them play next year. Let's go to the Bunnies. Chris, this is my 
this is the hottest take I've had coming out of the 2022 season. Are we sure that the South Sydney Rabbitohs should not have won the 2022 Premiership? Now, I say that because they were up 12-0 on the Panthers in a prelim final. Mm-hmm. They were five minutes away from going a half-time up by 12. I think if they go in a half-time leading, they win that game. Obviously, the couple of areas in those last five minutes, the Brian to all masterpiece, the Campbell Graham knock-on. If they win that game, I think they beat Parramatta fairly comfortably, just like the Panthers did. Was this the season that got away, especially when you had no Adam Reynolds and you had Ilias as a rookie there and you got Cody Walker and Latrell fit at the same time? Was this the one that got away for the Rabbits? Yes. Definitely. I remember that game because, you know, my cheeky punting, I, I had a gut feeling. Just the momentum that Rabbitohs were building up into the finals was something to be, like, uh, any team would be scared. I reckon the Panthers were very scared. They were like, holy holy crap, where did this come from? They, they were worried. But then I think once, you know, you sort of put them on tilt, the Panthers were able to capitalize on that. But if, like you said, if that didn't happen, I think there was no way any other team were going to stop the Rabbits. Maybe potentially the Cowboys, like you said. The way that Latrell just fired up Cody Walker. Remember we spoke about at the beginning of the year. What the hell happened to Cody? And all of a sudden we see, you know, 2021 Cody all over again. And who was it? Latrell helping him out. So, look, they could have just made it all the way, but this is one they're going to, you know, regret. Yeah, I think it's going to be a hard one for the Rabbit fans to look back on. But let's go to the team that lost the grand final, my permanent Eels. Chris, are we sure that the Eels are doing the right thing by locking up Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown on big money deals? Ooh, um, look, I definitely say Mitch Moses, but to lock both halves up, as much as I love Dylan Brown, as much as I can see how he's improved, it, it's it's a very scary, scary thing. And this is coming from someone who, from a guy who supports a team that's locked in, a guy on 10 years, you know, two brothers who are on like one, at least a meal each. You know, it's hard seeing the rest of the team just, you know, suffering at the same time because of, you know, the lack of cap. So, look, Eels are investing and, you know, all the best to them, but it's very scary. Unless you have something like a storm system where they can build up, you know, great talent um, to be able to fit into these positions without having to fill up with, you know, these fringe players, you just got to be very careful. That's all I got to say. I've gone a couple of ways on it, but mainly I've said positive. I think it's the right thing to do. I think the... The alternative is having, you know, Jake Varfa start for 16 games or bringing in someone oh. like a like a Jay Clifford, like doing the Newcastle route. To me, you sign the two guys, you lock them in. If you have a competent forward pack, you can patch together the outside backs. I think this is a team that needs to do that because they're in a their window, so to speak. Um, you know, some people say it's closed, some people say it's closing. While you have two of the best eight halves the in the comp, yeah, yeah once you've got two of the best eight halves in the comp, you've got to stick with it. But let's move on to the Warriors. We'll go to smash through these last couple here. Chris, are we sure the Warriors won't be the most entertaining team in 2023? You've got Charles going home. You've got Chanel Harris, uh, Harris Vita obviously moving on. So that opens up Tamari Martin coming over there, who played really well. You've got Sean Johnson still there. Um, they're back at home where they were really, really good. I think they won three out of four this, this year in those limited games. To me, you know, you got someone's in some guys in the full pack like a Mitch Barnett coming over. This just looks like a team that, you know, a lot of people will tip for the spoon. I may still, but I think it's gonna be a very, very entertaining wooden spoon team if they do get that. 
That is very true. Um, is this the year that Reese Walsh goes back as well? Yeah. So Reese Walsh is gone. Mm-hmm. He's gone back. Mm-hmm. So it's opened up for chance to be the number one there. Okay. Um, you know, well, are we going to see 300, 300 meter a game chance? Probably not. But I think that home atmosphere with all the players mm. coming back is just going to be inspiring. And I think that will get them at least another three to four wins that they would normally not get. Mm. Let's move on to the Roosters. Chris, are we sure there is enough ball for all the spine players in 2023 to also accommodate Joey Manu? So let's, oh, so I knew you cover something with Joey Manu. So let's let's go through it. James Tedesco, Luke Keary, Sam Walker, Brandon Smith, and Joey Manu. That's five playmakers who play their best football when the ball is in their hand. Mm. It's a lot of it's a lot of hands for one footy. How does this work? Uh, they got to get real good at sharing is all I got to say. <laughs> uh, but look, Tedesco, captain, he's got to have his hands on the ball. Walker's up and coming. He's got to have that ball. Kiri entering that sort of twilight years. I didn't realize how old he was until I looked him up on Wiki, but he, he's he's heading there. So I think he needs to start playing that. Hey, you know, I'm getting a bit older. News, you know, start to show the young youngins around. But Joey Mane, oh, how it's like. How could you ask someone to pick a fullback Joey Mane and a fullback Tedesco? In my opinion, let's uh, you know Wayne Bennett should be coming knocking at Joey Mane's door and be like, hey, you know, we got some money. <laughs> Maybe. It's gonna it's gonna be fascinating because as my, as happy he's in the centers, every time he puts on that one jersey, whether it's for the Roosters or New Zealand, he's the best player in the game. So it's gonna be one to look out for. But the next one might be my favorite one on this list. Chris, are we sure that Reese Walsh is not the prime stealth Dallium candidate for a top four Broncos team next year? Let's lay oh. it out. Let's lay it out. In round 19, they were in fourth place. All right. That was with a combination of Tessie New and Tamari Martin at fullback. All right. You now bring Reese Walsh, who has got a couple of years of first grade. You know, he's bulked up a little bit since he's come into grade. He's now going to be the one, the undisputed one in this team. Your Ezra Mam, a full offseason coming into the sixth jersey where you had, you know, your Tyson Gamble and Albert Kelly, Billy Walters combination rolling through there. Your Payne Haas committed this year as, as far as he says so far. I think they're going to be on a very short leash with Kevy Walters. If he starts poorly, I think they will axe and they'll bring in a great coach. I just feel like this team was there in round 19 and they got better next year just with an extra off-season for Mam and Walsh coming back to the club. This is, to me, a stealth top four side. And if they're going to be in the top four, Reese Walsh is going to be in that top five Daly M vote. Mm, mm. Don't, don't forget your favourite man, Cobber, as well, right? You got Cobo there. You got you know, Stags. Herbie was really coming on before he got injured. This is a mm. this is a team that's got talent. It's got a lot of. You got Carrigan in the forward pack. This is a team that's got talent, mate. I'm just telling you, when we're looking at about maybe round twelve, round ten, round twelve, round that first buy, and Broncos mm. are you know fourth place on the ladder, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, definitely. Like, I I thought it was going to be this season. That's why I was picking up, you know, the wingers like Cobo and whatnot to the Broncos. I had a feeling it would be, but you know, it, it they did show some promise. But like you said, maybe Reese Walsh is that last linking piece to really lift this side. But oh, that that whoever sits in that coaching position is going to have a heck of a time. Let's be real. 
That's right. Three more left here. Chris, I'll, this is this is one. It's a two-pronged question. Oh, God. I, th- I think you'll like it. Chris, are we sure the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs did not just sign the two most overrated players in the grand final, but <laughs> even still, are they not a top four team in 2023? So let's just lay it out quickly. Okay. Lay the, it two out. Play, the two players I'm talking about is obviously Viliama Kikau and Reed Marnie. All right. When I say overrated, I'm not saying that they're not worth their contract. I'm saying in terms of players that come in and out of games and choose their moments, I'd say it's probably two of the top five in the comp. On the best William and Kikau game, he looks like the best second row in the comp. On the best Reed Mining game, he looks like a top five hooker. Mm. Part of them with Cameron Serrato as coach, Matt Byrne, you know, you've got Josh Adekar there still, and whoever they, you know, tinker with in the lineup. This is a team that had the had the momentum and the the defensive prowess towards the back end of the season. Had a couple of moments where it got splurged a little bit, but just with those two signings coming in, a couple of the ones around the fringes, and a Matt Burton, let's really show that I'm one of the best players in the comp season. Are they not going to be in contention for a top four spot? Uh they're not top four. I'll, I'll give them a I'll give them a rise up in the rankings, maybe a mid table. I reckon mid table. Um, I'm a big fan of Joe Marshall King. He's really shown how he's grown from a half into a hooker. So I don't, as much as Reed Money has been good for the Eels, I don't see them benefiting too much in that hooker department, I guess. Uh, um, but then with Kikau, at least there's that consistent position. But you already got Tavita Pangai Jr. there, who also has that sort of X factor and, and running style. So. Uh, it just it just means that they have to eliminate one or two fringe players, you know, to, to fit those two in. So I'm not predicting too much of a difference. Serrano, though, there's very high raps for him. So I'm keen to see how he's, he's coaching, you know, antics that are going to happen at the, the dogs. Look, you, you've taken the words out of my mouth there with all your comments. Uh, Marshall King, really, really high on, I think, is not that much of a drop. Like you said, you've got Pangai there. It's going to be very interesting for the Doggies fans. Well, let's go to the second last team. It's your team. Oh, and I think I'm going to know the answer because you're already kind of answering this podcast. Chris, are we sure that Manly heading into the 2023 season don't have the most flawed roster in the comp? Yes. So you've, so you've already mentioned Dally. You always see the Turbo Boys. Besides them three, give me your next best three players. I'll give you Ruben Garrick. You can give me Ola Kowatu, please. Okay. Give, I'll, take, I'll give you Homole. Who's the? Uh, don't 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 do this to me, man. On the podcast, is it lock on, is it lock on Croker? <laughs> Imagine saying that in a Panther side. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying this team. Like I remember last off season, I I've, me and uh, Nom filled around with a podcast that never got recorded where we talked about the most flawed rosters, and I had mainly number one before started last year, and Nom laughed at me, and I just said to him, I said, mate. Another turbo injury. Jake's look got a lot of tread on the tires. Dally's unhappy. It could unravel very quickly. And I think what we've seen, it's gonna. I'm just, I'm just telling you this. This roster, when the top five are humming, they're top four. We've seen that. Mm. Mm. When they're not humming and there's dissension and there's injuries, this is a bottom four side. Mm. But they are to me easily probably a top two watch heading in a 2023 side this because th- this can go from third place 
to Wooden Spoon. I really think that that could be the trajectory. Easily. Depending. But but honestly, I'm gonna go towards the bottom half. If we can avoid the spoon, that's my goal. Honestly, like thinking about bringing in a coach with the resume of three out of twenty wins and taking one of the you know most you know reputable clubs to their first ever Wooden Spoon. I'm scared. I'm more scared than when Trent Barrett was at the helm at this point. I really am, Matt. Mm. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch because, like like we said, it's going it a lot of different places, and these manly fans they're not one to be quiet when this all this happens. So I think it's gonna be a lot of noise. The players will be very vocal as we've seen them. But we'll move on to the last team, Chris. Wrap it up with team number seventeen. It's the Dolphins. Oh, all right, Chris. Are we sure the league was ready for expansion in 2023? No. No. So like Right now, I, I don't know who's going to be on this team that's going to carry them through. And we might as well just give them the wooden spoon at this point. If, if from the top of my head, we've got this freaking old ass from, what was it? The front row pack from, from the Storms. Mm-hmm. And the only thing else I can remember off the top of my head is Ray Stone. That, that was only because they won, he won you the game with the broken ACL. <laughs> That's the only thing else I remember. Look, it's one of those ones where I think the the talent around the league is the best it's been in a while. I think we do have a lot of lot of talented players, but I think the number of players in that top echelon that can carry a club mm. is pro- has not grown enough in the last really since the Titans came in in 07. We don't have those players that we don't have we don't have realistically each club needs to have two of them. Let's say we don't have 34 players that can go. If that player is on my team, I have a shot at making finals every season. And if they go up a level, my second guy comes with me, we can make top four. And I, I like the players on this Dolphins team. Mm. I like them. Like, you know, we're going to be drafting early next year. I'm telling you that I'm taking some Dolphins. Like, I don't say, I I know they're going to be near the bottom at this stage. If they can't get their halves and, you know, all the all the, their fullback spots still, you know, is it going to be Asako? Is it the Hammer? You know, lots and lots of questions. But to me, it's going to be one of those ones where if the four-pack from Melbourne that's coming up, if they, you know, only around for two seasons, there's no, like, marquee play to get them through the first couple. Like, the Titans came in and they had a good little four- or five-year extended run there because they had some good players that were coming up and, you know, they were signing the veterans to help them come around, come along. I'm not seeing the play on this roster where in three years they're going to mature into a player that can take them to a top four. I just don't, not yet. And again, we waited for the 24 season. Is it Hunt? Is it Ponga? Is it Munster? You know, you just said, is it Turbo? Is it, you know, Joey Mann? Joey Mann. <laughs> there's going to be a player we're not thinking of that's going to sign a deal in 24 with this team. But and everything just rolls into place, honestly. It's going to be one of those things where. I think we had too many high expectations when they came in mm. with, okay, they're going to sign this player and this player and this player, and they're going to put this superstar Queensland team together. It obviously hasn't happened. Um, yeah. I think there's too many professionals for it for a wooden spoon position. I still mm. think they're going to be sniffing that, you know, we're, we're talking now, uh, we're not even in the preseason, but I'm thinking anywhere from that, you know, 10 to 14 range, something in there sounds about yeah. right to me right now. Yeah. But Definitely what I want to watch. I want to see how their preseason goes. I want to see if they get any other young guys coming through because, yeah, the expansion thing, we've got talent in the league, but I'm just not sure we have the top 
notch talent that can you know support expansion the way i think about it it's it's like andrew's team in our draft <laughs> <laughs> shout out to andrew shout out to andrew but mate we'll leave it at that thank you very much mate we're going to have quite a few of these off-season points i think it's when we do our best work at the rewind and love having you guys on having a chat so thanks for coming on mate no worries appreciate it man and thanks for everyone listening have a great day and we'll hear from you soon cheers